passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns as we get you ready for the divisional round of the playoffs. Super wild card is over, and unfortunately, we're running out of football games here, but we're going to enjoy what we have and make the most of it. I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter, and I have the honor and privilege, as always, to be joined by Dan Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. Please, guys, um, subscribe, rate, and review us on Spotify, iTunes, radio.com app, wherever you get your podcast goodness. We love doing this. We hope you guys are enjoying it and, and let us know. And Baldy, we're down to the final eight. We have plenty of news going on in the NFL as we do this with coaching searches going mm-hmm. on, players coming back from injury, yep. uh, players dealing with injury. Uh, and and some great football ahead of us and certainly some great football from last week to dissect. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll get back to last week in a second. But, I mean, just this divisional championship round with uh, two games on Saturday and two on Sunday, it's, 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 really the, it's really the crown jewel of the NFL season to get here and to get to these final eight, you know, with uh, in a new format. Um where, you know, I think we've got, you know, a chance for four really good games. Uh, you can all make a case for, for a lot of these teams right here. Uh, but certainly with Green Bay and Kansas City with the number one seeds in a week rest, I mean, they, they've got to be the overall favorites. But it's, it, it should be, you know, some good rematches and really just a great, great weekend of football. Yeah, I'm super fired up for it. Uh, it, it. It should definitely – 
be awesome, and we will dig deep and dive deep on all four of those matchups on the back end uh, of the show. But first, we want to hit on a few uh, narratives coming out of the games last week, some narratives put to bed. We'll touch on the Eagles situation there with Doug Peterson getting fired a little bit uh, later than is the norm. There's obviously drama there, um, and we want to hit on a couple of older players who really stood out um, and in some cases under duress last week and, and Andrew Whitworth coming back from being on IR most of the year and, and Rob Gronkowski doing yeoman's work um, basically as an extra offensive lineman. Uh, but let's start with the young man who just turned 24 last week, Baldy, um, a kid who won the MVP award last year yet. Oh my goodness. There are no shortage of people who would tell you he's really not that great. He's never done it in the playoffs, even though he's only played two playoff games and right. he had 509 yards in one of them. Who would say you can't win with that style of football in January, Baldy? And, and you know what? If you get up on them by 10 points early, forget about it. They're done. Well, you know, that's what the that's what the playoffs do, though, Jason. Of course, we're talking about Lamar Jackson here. And, you know, it gives you that opportunity to put a lot of those um, thoughts to rest. Mm -hmm. Down 10 points to Tennessee. I mean, you know, on third and 10, his 48-yard touchdown run. I mean, you know, just add that to another another highlight on his resume reel. I mean, they've got two spies on him on that play. Uh, you know, I mean, Kevin Byard is a good free safety, yeah. a money hooker. I mean, they got two spies. The only job is to not just, um, you know, to try to keep Lamar Jackson, if he does break uh, the pocket, to less than 10 yards where they got a punt. And they, they retain a 10-3 lead. And when he breaks out of the pocket, I mean, Katie bar the door. Like, pick up the hymn books, Jason. Like, it's over. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the mass service, it was over yeah. when yeah. he took Open off. Open the doors. Let them out. And, you know, that run, I mean, there's there's nobody else in this league that, that's doing that right now. Um, and so, you know, and then, you know, you run for 136 yards. You, you know, you throw the, you throw the touchdown. Um you know, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, you handed off to Dobbins for another touchdown. I mean, the run game got cranked up and they took control of the game. Yeah, it was tight. It was tight. But, you know, it was a great effort by Wink, who I'm not sure why he's not getting a lot of yeah. head coaching. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, to shut down Derrick Henry like that, I mean, all game long, 18 runs, 40 yards. I mean, nobody had done that. Nobody. And so – you know, it's a testament to what the Ravens can do and Brandon Williams and Clayus Campbell and Derek Wolf, they're all healthy in there and what they can do up front, that they're still built the right way in my mind. They're still built big and tough in the trenches. And that's why they just, you know, put Tennessee, uh, you know, on vacation. Baldy, a couple, a couple of thoughts on this before we move on. I wanted to get your, your opinion on Um on the Derrick Henry side of things, that is a decisive run game, right? That is a, we're not getting too cute in the backfield. No. We're not staying super patient. We're finding that hole, whether it's a cutback or I'm going to run through you to create a hole. But we are here to dictate. They looked indecisive to me. He looked almost tiptoeing at times. You had him walking down the sidelines with Vrabel, whatever that thing was all about. But yeah. clearly, they weren't on the same page. Was that that offensive line without the two tackles from last year and with Saffold a little bit beat up? Was that sort of the personnel chickens coming home to roost with them a little bit there? Or how much of it was them in Derrick Henry's head? Because he kind of seemed like he didn't think there were yards there. 
Yeah. Uh, that, that's but. That, that's part of it. And I'm sure that's what Vrabel was saying to him. Like, you you know, you're the king. You've got to set the tone here. But, you know, Tennessee, you're right. It, it is a very simplistic running game. They don't do a lot. They run about four plays. But the Ravens were not going to let any tight ends block them. Um, they were not going to get beat by uh, Dennis Kelly or Quisenberry. I mean, they just physically, yeah, you know, just stumped them. But, you know, like Pernell McPhee must – you know, like they said, like, look, you got to get to Derrick Henry's legs. You got to wrap him up. And Pernell McPhee made four plays by himself, like right at the line of scrimmage. Never let him get going. And so uh, they had a lot of bodies to it. They squeezed the hole. They did a lot of things that good defenses do. Um, but they didn't get they didn't get driven off the ball, and they didn't get any they didn't give Derrick Henry any creases. But there was one moment in the game, Jason, where it was a you know it's a one score game and. Derrick Henry picks up eight yards on first down. And then Arthur Smith, who's getting, uh, you know, a lot of attention right now, he decides to throw it on second and two and third and two. And, you know, they end up going backwards and they punt. And I just thought that was the moment right there where if you're going to get Derrick Henry going, yep. you just feed him two plays in a row. And maybe he could get a crease because he got one. That was the only, that was the only eight-yard run of the yep. day. Yeah. And then they, they threw it. Two I just thought, like I, I just write notes, watching it and analyzing yeah. it, and I'm going, "What are they thinking about? This is who they are." And they got away. And it doesn't doesn't take many opportunities to to let it slip away, and they let that one slip away. I thought. And, and the other thing to me, Baldy, that stood out was for a good part of that game, I thought Tennessee handled the RPOs and some of the 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 boot stuff or the backside yep. yeah, stuff better than almost anybody like you look at what Bayard was doing you look at what King the big nickel corner was mm-hmm. doing you look yep. at what Evans was doing and they did it in November as well and I'm thinking wow maybe they got the special sauce Baldy <laughs> the Ravens still ended up running 35 times for 236 yards 6.7 per attempt with two rushing touchdowns on the day. And that's like, I would give Tennessee like a B or a B plus, And that was still the end result. Right. Well, it's it's, it's a testament just how powerful the, the whole ground attack is and what it does to you. And, you know, obviously you get the big run for the touchdown by Lamar, but, you know, Dobbins just kept chipping away yep. and Gus Edwards kept chipping away. And, you know, they kept, you know, Bozeman kept pulling and Ricard kept, you know, you know, knocking the hell out of uh, linebackers. And so all of a sudden, you know, you look up and there's 236 yards. I mean, the most of any team, you know, last weekend in Super Wildcard weekend, and it wasn't even close. And you, and, and by your measure, what you're saying is Tennessee defended it pretty well and they gave up 236 yards. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is, it, 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 was, it was good that they almost got down 10, and they came out of that hole, you know, and they put up the points that they did because, uh, you know, that was that was something that they had to overcome. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they have to do that against Buffalo. But at least they've got that in the back of their minds that we can do this if we don't get off to a great start. Baldy, I want to get your opinion on the state of football there in, in, in the great state of, of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, I look at two teams there. Um, one in Eastern PA, one in Western PA, that are really at a crossroads. Um, mm-hmm. We'll start with the Eagles. Uh, 
you're very close to that situation. You had been telling us that, uh, you know, there's some palace intrigue there and, and, and you weren't sure if they could, you know, bring the band back together completely as constituted. Obviously Doug Peterson is no longer in the band. They're looking for a new lead singer. Uh, guys like Deuce Staley in house have, have proven to be leaders of men and great coaches. Um, there, you know, over the years, I think in, in several different regimes, um, I know how he's always got an eye on the college guys. I'm hearing Luke Fickle at Cincinnati is somebody who they're interested in talking to. And then they've always hired offense and they've generally hired quarterback guys, at least most recently under Jeffrey. So then you think about the Brian Dables and the Arthur Smiths of the world as well. What's your take on what happened there and, and any thoughts on how they move forward? Well, I mean, two things. One, they won four stinking games in one of the worst divisions we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. Yeah. They won four games. So, I mean, that's, that is a stain. Okay. And then, you know, the quarterback that they owe $107 million to uh, is a healthy scratch in week 17. Wasn't happy that he was benched. And Jeffrey Lurie is coming out yesterday and saying he is a great asset and we've got to uh, use that asset. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Carson Wentz went backwards. They won four games, and somebody had to take the brunt of it. And, uh, you know, and there was, a, uh, there was an alliance of powers inside NovaCare. And, you know, Howie Roseman, the general manager and the owner, uh, basically ganged up and said that, you know, Doug is the reason uh, in, in so many words. Yeah. And that Carson's demise was a result of coaching. And, you know, whether it's Rich Gangarello or, you know, whoever coaches they brought in and whoever just suggested they bring these guys in, uh, you know, Press Taylor, whatever it is. Yeah. Right? That's that's really the, the bottom line of the whole situation. But, you know, look, I understand you owe the quarterback a whole lot more money than, than you do the coach. I understand that. But the, the quarterback is culpable in this whole oh, thing. Yeah. He was awful. And, you, I mean, anybody can pick up a stat page and say, and see that he was bad, but you just have to watch the games and know that they could not score. They, they couldn't put drives together. He couldn't complete. You couldn't dumb the offense down any more than Doug did to simplify it, which only makes it easier on the defenses. And so, uh, so now, you know, it's a question of like this idea that they can just fix Carson. I just, I, you know, unless the quarterback wants to do what Josh Allen did last year and, Go hunt down, you know, Jordan Palmer and right. work on his footwork and his delivery and his stride and, you know, his pocket presence. And you know, if the quarterback wants to do that and is open to it, you know, then you you might be able to repair him. But the way it is right now, you know, it's just I think you're going to see a lot of the same what we saw last year. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree. Let's let's go west on I seventy, Baldy. <laughs> Mod on. I, I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers have been at an existential sort of crisis like this probably since they hired Bill Cower, perhaps. Um, we all saw Ben the last six weeks of the season, and by now we know the contract is cumbersome. $41 million cap hit, $19 million in cash. Pouncey retired. They also need a new left tackle. He's a free agent, mm -hmm. and I think is slipping. They need a new left guard. They probably need a new right tackle. The running back's a free agent. The best yeah. wide receiver's a free agent. And there's, not, from what I'm told, there's 
basically no chance that he's coming back. The second best pass rusher is a free is a free agent coming off major surgery. Won't be ready for the start of the season if you do bring him back. The best pass rusher is in line to get paid. Fitzpatrick now will have his hand out saying, I've proved my worth. It's time to get paid. The cap may go down to 175, Baldy. They were up against it at 190. Mm. I just don't and 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 I think there's a case to be made for at least one coordinator to be gone, maybe both. Well, how I will mean, the Rudy's approach you know, the, the proud history of the Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm from Pittsburgh, Jason. I mean, I I know the history of that team. That's the worst postseason performance ever. Uh, a lot of us saw it coming, but not the way that it happened. Yeah. Not with the ball going over the quarterback's head in the first play and quarterback not the quarterback kicking looking ball. like I mean, you know, we, we, we're, we're seeing the slow – it's not even a slow death. I mean, we, we're seeing the official death of the pocket quarterback. And these guys that can't move uh, because of age or just lack of athletic ability, whatever. I mean, it's, you just have to be able to play in this league. And, you know, uh, you know if, if Pouncey left, I mean, I don't know what Ben's thinking about when he was sitting on the bench yeah. out there. Uh, but he, he had that look in his eye the whole game. Yeah. Like, I think this is it. Now, I don't want to put any – you know, obviously, you know, time can change a lot of things. But this is after a year off. He just completely faded down the stretch where, you know, you you go through an offseason and a preseason and you come back. And I mean, I don't you know, it, it just doesn't look like they need, you know, they need to reboot. They, right. They need they to gotta, hit the reset. Yeah, button. They got it. Mean, they're just not going to, you know, whether it's Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, you're just not going to get back to the postseason and do anything right now with these guys. But. But that was, but like, you know, if you looked at, say, TJ Watt, uh, Stefan Tuitt, and Cam Hayward, they have 57 combined sacks in the last two years. They didn't touch Baker Mayfield. And that's going up against a 13 tackle and a 14 yep. left guard. I mean, he couldn't beat anybody up front. And Baker Mayfield's uniform didn't need to get washed. I mean, it, the, the, he didn't get touched in the game. And so, uh, I don't know where you start. I mean, obviously, you got to look at the quarterback position and go, okay, we we've got to we we got to fix this. But Mason Rudolph isn't the answer. No, uh, they've seen enough of that. And so, you know, can you really think that Ben could come back and run this offense again? I mean, until they start establishing some sort of a run game, and all the guys that you talked about up front, that, that's a real rebuild right now. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I, I think we've seen a lot of teams that have a chance to pass Pittsburgh by right now. That 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 thing could have a long hangover, what we saw the other night. They are, to me, clearly in the worst shape of any team in that division, including Cincinnati. And and I, I will be fascinated to see if the Rooney family can embrace a rebuild. You know, Tomlin's never finished below 500, but if they're being realistic about who they are, they're going to strip it down, take their lumps next year. And, Baldy, here's the other thing nobody's talking about. They were all in. They traded up a third of a draft round to get Bush. They never yeah. do that, right? Yeah. Fix Minka, here's a one. Well, yeah. now you don't only not have that one. Minka's not going to be on that rookie contract that much longer, and you're a worse team. Look, they're a great organization. They'll figure it out. But if they live on loyalty and mythology, they will set themselves back for years as far as I'm Yeah, well, look, they, you know, <clears throat> Ben Roethlisberger kept that franchise alive, and uh, they had a great run. And just the way, you know, the Giants, you know, turned the page on Eli and uh, the Chargers turned their, their page on Phillip Rivers. Uh, I'm, we remains to be seen what the Colts do. But, I mean, at some point you got to turn the page. You just do. 
And they, they have not done a good job of grooming anybody. There's nobody in the building to take his place. Uh, and, and okay, that's fine. But now you're faced with that situation where you've got a, you're strapped by heavy contracts and lack of production. And so, you know, they, they've got difficult decisions and I don't know if there's an easy way. I mean, Cincinnati got Joe Burrow and Cleveland's got Baker and an offensive line and a coach that looks like he's got a real plan. Yep. And, uh, you know, and they, and they really developed some young players, a Wyatt Teller and some of the guys that they've done <clears throat> draft Jedrick Wills and they got a real plan. And obviously Baltimore, you know, is just getting started with what Lamar can do. So uh, I think they're looking up at those three teams right now. They are indeed. Well, Baldy, you're right. It is a young man's game at quarterback. You better be twitchy. You better be athletic. You better be mobile. But in the trenches, we saw some old dogs, some some warriors oh, get it done in the wild card round. Big I, I, Wit returns you know, to the Rams. To watch Wit go out there, I think he played all but like three or four snaps. Well, you know, they, they got the running game cranked up. I mean, Cam Akers had a, a really good game yeah, against yeah. the defense that had been good against the run. And I'm watching Witt just put guys on their on their backs and not just on their backs. and But he's sitting on them. Like, he, he came out with a whole bunch of nasty. And to see that, that's seven weeks after, you know, basically tearing two ligaments. Like, it was remarkable. Crazy. You know, he's always been a – he's 39 years old. I mean, just his age, the – but then to see him go out there and play at that, he's always been a dancing bear, always had great feet. I've never seen him outside of last Sunday with any kind of a brace on any of his yeah, knees. Yeah. Practice, in games. I mean, he's been remarkable. Like, he, he just doesn't miss games. And then to see him play at that level, um, you know, it gives – you know, if I'm the Rams, it, it gives me some hope that, you know, we could keep that – like, I, I think, you know, Jared Goff with a broken thumb in Green Bay's weather is not an ideal situation, no. but – uh, you know, if they could run the ball the way they ran it against Seattle, that that would certainly help their chances a great deal. And Witt gives them, you know, uh, you know, a better chance out there at that position. And Baldy, we talked last week, and we could concoct a, a game script where the Washington football team hung in there and and really pushed the Bucks late. That script, though, we both thought would include a lot of sweat and a lot of Chase Young going off. Instead, they were held in check, and in large part because we saw Gronk block. No Gronk spike. Gronk block. I mean, how about him it's in the trenches? It's unbelievable. I mean, he played 55 of the 74 snaps, and on half of those snaps, all he did was block. And I'm not just saying, like, he's just helping out. Like, he's one-on-one -on -one with Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Like, 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 like he's Anthony Munoz out there. You know, I mean, like perfect technique and nobody's beating them. And in the run game, you know, I mean, I didn't think Fournette looked good at all down the stretch. Uh, and to see Ronald Jones, you know, with, with the hamstrings and to see Fournette have the game that he had, a lot of it was Gronk blocking right at the point of attack. And, you know, he, I mean, it's just remarkable. I mean, Cam Brate has a great game, four catches, 80 yards, while Gronk is pass blocking, Brate's catching balls. You know, but they were going to protect the edges against, you know, those two young, you know, studs in Montez Sweat and Chase Young. I mean, combined, they had 17 sacks this year. And, you know, they didn't touch Tom Brady in the game. Did, I mean, I think Sweat had one one sack against somebody else. But, I mean, Gronk was unbelievable being a team player in that role. And he was 
really embraced it, and he was excellent at it. Yes, he was. And uh, let's just segue right there into these four remaining games. Baldy, that now sets up a rematch for the Brady and Gronk reunion tour against the Saints for the third time. Nobody puts Brady in a corner, Baldy. Could, could the Saints beat Tom Brady three times in, I don't know, one, two, three, four, carry the one, five months? Well, you know, in the last eight weeks since, you know, since they got beat by the Saints badly, where basically, uh, you know, the Bucs couldn't get a first down. They punted the first four times they had the ball. And then they were in such a deep hole they couldn't get out of it. But, you know, since that time, Antonio Brown's got 44 catches for 500 yards and five touchdowns. And there's there's a component to what A.B. does, uh, whether it is his ability when a play breaks down to go find the open space to get in the quarterback's vision. He did it last week. He did it uh, in the Week 17 game. Like, he can find the open space. And they are – they're intent on almost every single pass play to send at least two vertical players down the field. Um, you know, and then they'll have somebody else vertical in the middle of the field. And they space you out. And they if they hold up up front against New Orleans – I think the Bucs will find a way to to beat this Saints team because I think defensively they'll be fine against Drew Brees in the offense. Uh, as efficient as the offense is and all the different things that they do, I think sometimes they try to do too much. Yeah. But I, I think the Bucs can really score, though, right now. I mean, five of Brady's 12 interceptions this year, Jason, are against the Saints. You know, two of them came in the first game where there was clearly no timing between him and Mike yeah. Evans. But that has clearly been resolved, especially in these last eight weeks. They went from being a team there. Brady looked like, where's the check down? Where's James White? You know, where's, you know, where, where's some of the backs right. he used to throw to? Right. They're going, okay, this is the offense. This is what we're going to do. And I'm going to do it. And, you know, Donovan Smith was great last week and the line was really good. And so, you know, this is, this is a better, much better defense this week going up against. Uh, they blitz. A great deal. They have, they got a lot of different safeties. That Chauncey Gardner Johnson just looks like he pisses everybody off, <laughs> uh, gets underneath everybody's skin. Uh, Malcolm does the same thing. Malcolm Jenkins. So, like this, this will be a, a really good fight. You'll see. It'll be chippy. It'll be a real fight. Uh, but I, I like the Bucks' chances in this game. I do as well. You alluded to kind of doing too much at times with the Saints. Do you think? Is there any part of you though that thinks? Because of Drew's limitations, and we just talked in regards to we talked about Ben, we talked about Philip Rivers. We've been documenting this for a while. Is there any part of you that feels like this could be or should be more of a Taysom Hill game, just to throw different wrinkles at uh, Tampa and to to try to give Todd Bowles more to think about? Well, I mean, I, there's always going to be the Taysom role, whether it's uh, enlarged this week. I don't think it's going to be enlarged because they're playing Tampa. I don't believe that. I believe it'll be, you know, game situation. Uh, you know, Sean's just looking for certain opportunities against certain looks. Uh, down distance, you know, flow the game, whatever. But I don't think there's a, a script that says, okay, I need Taysom, mm-hmm. you know, to take 10 snaps at the quarterback position. I don't, I don't believe anything like that is in play. But I, I just think it's, you know, Sean just looking at the game the way he does, which is pretty unique. 
and the things that they like to do. Uh, you know, and then just, you know, does Devin White, I don't know what the situation is with Devin White this week, Jason. Maybe you got an yeah. update, but they clearly missed him last week and his speed uh, at that position. Well, Baldy, there are certainly some injury situations that probably won't have clarity until game time in the other NFC game as well. I expect Aaron Donald to play. I expect Jared Goff to play. Cooper Cup, maybe as well. It is the playoffs, all hands on deck. But I, I, I think people sometimes get a little twisted in that a guy playing doesn't necessarily mean right. he's effective. He's, you know what I mean? And yeah. does the shot wear off? And does the impact of collisions mount? And are these players anything close to what we're used to seeing them be, especially in the case of an Aaron Donald, in the second half versus the first half? Um, I, I, I do have to worry a little bit about the Rams going up to Lambeau and, and being able to get that done with, with Aaron Rodgers being in the rich vein of form that he's in and Aaron Rodgers knowing at this stage of his career what he can do and what he can't do and knowing, you know, I'll just throw the ball into the ground. I'll throw it into the fifth row. I'll check it down to a, a, a running back, but I'm not going to let Aaron Donald wreck my season. Well, it remains to be seen whether Aaron Donald could do that, you know, right now, because, you know, so much of what he does is with his upper body. I mean, just, you know, just grabbing, snatching, throwing guys, uh, swimming, ripping. I mean, so much is the upper body. And if he can't just torque, because that's his game, like just being able to torque players, um, you know, and just make these violent moves in short spaces. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, if he's wincing, and he's trying to do that. And he's just gutting it out. Uh, he's not going to be Aaron Donald. Uh, but, but, you know, but, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying they can't do it. I, I've had, you know, I don't know if it's rib cartilage right now or exactly what it is. I've had anybody that's had rib damage in any kind, can't do anything. broken rib, fractured rib, bruised rib, rib cartilage. I mean, you name it. I mean, I don't care if you're Aaron Judge swinging, swinging a baseball. Right, bat, right. You know, or whatever. I mean, you just can't, you just can't operate. And you can numb the area up, you know, a little bit, but I don't know if it, if you could just make that because it's more than just pain tolerance. Um, you know, there's a real weakness there. So, uh, you know, I, it just remains to be seen right now, you know, just how effective, you know, he's going to be. Now, people are just going to say because they, they just, you know, they don't do their enough homework, but it's going to say, well, you know, Jalen Ramsey will cover Devontae Adams and we'll just, you know, we'll see if the other guys can beat the Rams. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Because, you know, like this Matt LaFleur is, he is a smart, clever guy. Yeah. The offense is, it has the answers to what you're trying to do. And as good as the Rams defense has been and what they did to Russell Wilson, we haven't seen Russell Wilson play a game like that, um, especially in a big spot. Yes. They, they can take a lot of things away. Now, Jalen is a unique player. Um, he's one of my favorite players in the league because of how unique he is. I mean, he can throw a blanket over an X receiver, but he doesn't travel. Right. He doesn't go into the slot. And Devontae Adams is literally moving every play. Yeah. You really don't know where he's going to line up. Um, he can line up uh, on right outside, left outside in the slot in motion, a three by one. He could be in the, you know, in one of the two slot receivers. He could be the one opposite the three receivers. I mean, he's everywhere. And so, that, and it frustrates Jalen because I've talked to him. I mean, he, he hates it when he doesn't get a chance to just shadow, you know, a guy like Devontae or DeAndre Hopkins or, you know, DK Metcalf. And he'll, so he'll get chances, 
but it's not going to be like he's going to be on him every play. Right. And they play a lot of zone as well. So, you know, there'll be some opportunities, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers will see what they're in, you know, pre-snap. So I, I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, to be honest with me. I mean, Devontae has seen just every, you know, yeah. you know every type of coverage that there is. In the other conference, we've got the Chiefs coming off the bye, and we know what Andy Reid has done in his career off a of bye. It's pretty spectacular. Um, that was a team we, we've talked about it a lot. They look kind of bored, unmotivated. They wanted to hit the fast-forward button to the playoffs because that's where they make their bones, and that's when they can you know defend this Lombardi title. The Browns, man, <laughs> hats off to those dudes. Everything they were up against. Last week, the history at Heinz Field, the injuries, the COVID situation taking away some of their their, their their most important coaches and thinkers and decision makers. And then they go out there and beat the pants off their arch rivals. Um, young team, most of those guys hadn't won in the playoffs before. Now they're really playing with house money. We know they can run the football, especially if they get a little bit healthier up front. Do they have a fighting chance? At Arrowhead, Baldy. Well, they're very well coached offensively. Very well coached. It's hard to get them into making mistakes. Um, Steve Spagnola can blitz as well as anybody in this business to pressure the quarterback, enforce mistakes, um, and they're good on the back end when they do it. But I, you know, look when you when you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, uh, whether it's in the run game or the pass game, because they're excellent in the screen game. I mean, those two backs break as many tackles as anybody in the game. So if you're not wrapping those guys up, they're they're going forward, and uh, you know you you just know that Kareem Hunt will be uh, extra motivated to go up against Kansas City. Um, so that that will be, you know so that's good. But you know to see like uh, you know to see Michael Dunn go in there and and start his first NFL game up against Cam Hayward, yeah. and I mean you just go well how how do you do that? I mean I I I remember starting my first NFL game. I couldn't play like Michael Dunn did, but you just go. Bill Callahan. I mean, they're just so well coached up front that, you know, Blake Hans, I don't know who Blake Hans was. You know, Baker Mayfield didn't know who he was. Nobody. I mean, yeah, the quarterback barely. Nobody knew. And so, you know, you go in there and you go, well, that's what happens when you're in a Bill Callahan offensive line room or out there on the field doing individual drills. Like he's putting you in position where when you go in there, this is what's expected of you. Nothing's going to change. You got Cam Hayward on your nose. Yeah. This is how you protect, you know. And so they they just play so well together. Uh, it's it's I you know I've been calling them the union for over half the year, hard hats and lunch pails, and you know Jarvis Landry is part of that union. Like yeah, he, he can just swat guys to the ground, and the running backs are excellent in blitz pickup. Both of them yeah. excellent in blitz pickup. So do they have a chance? Yes, they do, because of the way that they can run the ball. And they can control the line of scrimmage uh, with the best of them. And so, uh, you know, and there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of guys on that offensive line in Kansas City that, that were in Cleveland, you know, yeah. and they came out of that Cleveland system, you know. And so, you know, I, I think that this is, you know, I look, if, if Patrick Mahomes just goes out there and he's just on fire, you know, maybe there's, there's nothing Cleveland can do. But we really haven't seen that, that often. From Mahomes. Now, maybe when they get to the postseason, they're just going to, all right, you know, here's Kelsey, here's Tyreek, and they're just going to go up and down the field. We know that they're capable of doing it. We just haven't seen it for four quarters many times this year. So if they 
kind of struggle a little bit early trying to find the rhythm and all that kind of stuff. They're, you know, getting bounced out on third down. Um, yeah, I can see the longer it goes and stays close, the better, obviously, the chances that Cleveland could pull an upset. Yeah, I, I think that game might be closer than than what Vegas has been uh, sort of indicating. And, Baldy, we will finish where we started. Uh, a team that's running the ball uh, like nothing I've really ever seen before. Uh, in Baltimore against a Bills team that obviously – Played great football this year. Josh Allen is an MVP candidate for good reason. Uh, but that game against the Colts played out like I thought it would. I thought it would be close, and I thought the Colts could win. And if Frank Wright kicks a field goal and the field goal kicker makes another field goal, yeah. that was makeable. They, they do win. But, but Baldy, they rolled up almost 500 yards on the Bills. They held the ball for 34 minutes and 17 seconds. Um, they were, I think, over 59 for 17 on third down. Um, ran it down their throats and ran it down their throats out of the spread stuff, horizontal run game with three receivers on the field, um, averaged uh, the, the, the Colts averaged 7.9 yards per carry doing that to the Bills. Nobody does that like the Ravens do. Hines, six carries, 75 yards. What will Dobbins do? I, I think this is another fascinating styles make fights. Can the Ravens dictate on the ground, run themselves to a lead, put pressure on Josh Allen to try to make two possessions at once, and 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 win this football game. They can, they can. I mean, look, I, I mean, I expect Marlon Humphrey to go every, every, you know, just about everywhere that Stephon Diggs goes. And you know, you you watching, you know, Marlon last week against AJ Brown. Not I mean, I know AJ caught the one touchdown pass against him, but I mean, that guy is about as scrappy and talented and a fundamental as you can get at that position. So he's going to see a lot of them. Not all. Sometimes they'll put. They'll double digs and they'll put, you know, uh, Marlon over there on John Brown or Gabriel Davis, whoever it is. I mean, they'll, they'll mix it up so that you can't get a beat on what they're doing because uh, that's what Wink does. But, I mean, I, I think that if Buff, if Baltimore can run the ball the way they have been running it, it's going to give Buffalo a lot of problems. Because uh, I, I think that all of a sudden, you know, you shrink the game, you limit the number of possessions, and – you know, I think the way that they can attack uh, in the blitz game, because nobody blitzes more than Baltimore in this league, uh, they're going to see pressures that they haven't seen before. And I'm anxious to see how they handle it. In addition to, they've got they got some good pass rushers, you know. And I'm, I, I don't know, you know, I like Deion Dawkins and Daryl Williams. I like the group as a group. But it's not like Calais Campbell or Matt Judon or Pernell McPhee can't win one-on-ones. I mean, they're, they're more than capable of doing it too. So, but they're going to see – pressures uh, that they haven't seen this year. I want to see how they handle it right now. I mean, Zach Moss is out, you know, Singletary, if he's got to stay in there and protect against some of those guys coming at him, I don't like that matchup at all. And as good as Josh is on the move, uh, and he was phenomenal on those throws to the sideline. I mean, yes, you know, all right, let's see, let's see him if he could do it again. The one area that's going to fascinate me, Baldy is we saw Wink Martindale go up against Arthur Smith, a guy who's getting a lot of head coaching nods for good reason. I thought Wink ate his lunch, to be honest with you. Now he's up against Brian Dable. When these teams played last year, the Ravens ravaged Josh Allen with the blitz. They sacked him six times. They had him confused, seeing ghosts. But Josh Allen, the one area he's improved the most, and he's improved in a lot of areas, he destroyed 
the blitz this year, and he had more dropbacks against the blitz than anybody else in the NFL. It's not like people weren't testing him. But Baldy, I, I think what no one really talks about is if you dig a little deeper, Josh Allen against dime coverage this year, 28 of 44, 63%. 6.1 yards per attempt, no touchdowns, three interceptions, a QB rating of 52.5, 31st in the NFL. Baltimore's secondary is as deep as anybody's with a yeah. Jimmy Smith now healthy. Yeah. They'll have more defensive backs up this week and fewer defensive linemen because they don't have to go all out to stop a run game. I wonder if Wink, you know, you've got a linebacker like a Tyce Bowser who quietly has three interceptions, you know, does a lot of stuff, dropping mm-hmm. back in coverage. Yeah. I wonder if he floods the zone with defensive backs and linebackers, tries to get pressure with four, maybe only plays one linebacker at times, Queen who can run around, although he does get exposed in coverage, and approach it that way, almost sort of, you think we're going to go all out to kill you, but that's going to give you better matchups. We're going to make you really be patient and really read the field. And we think, to your point, that Calais, Purnell, Matabike are – Derek Wolf are going to get through enough to keep you honest. Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to show you. I mean, Wing can't help but just show you blitz looks. And then you really don't know who's coming. Uh, is it an overload? Uh, is it a zone pressure and we're dropping? You know, I mean, he rarely brings more than five. Uh, but he may he may start out, you know, with seven. Yes. And then two guys drop to take the crossers, to double underneath, you know, whatever it is. I mean, they're going to see the route combinations and they're going to adjust their pressures to the route combinations out of certain formations that they like. So uh, it's going to be a great chess match between uh, between Wink and between Brian Dable. I mean, two guys that I think are very capable of being head coaches. Uh, you know, if, if Wink, like, you know, that guy came out of Al Davis's system. You know, he's been well-trained. Um, he took over for Dean Pease, who, you know, was was – you know, won a, won a Super Bowl there in Baltimore. Yes. I mean, this is a talented defensive coordinator, and he's got all the pieces. Uh, those two safeties, Deshaun Elliott and Chuck Clark, nobody ever talks about them. Yeah. But, like, they, they don't get beat. They tackle well. They're all over the field. Uh, you know, they're, they're really talented. And then they've got a good scheme. So this is going to be a great test uh, for Josh Allen. And as much improvement as he has made, and it's been – as much as any quarterback in this business, this is this is maybe his toughest test that he's going to see uh, wherever how many games are left. Well, Baldy, unfortunately, this is the last weekend where we will have football on multiple days, and we will have multiple games on multiple days. Uh, we will we will be down to the final four when we reconvene next week. Uh, it's it's exciting. It's a great weekend, but I'd be lying if. I didn't say it's a little bittersweet because uh, pretty soon we'll be able to count the number of NFL games for the next six months on yeah. on one hand. So we got to yeah. certainly savor these while we got them. No question about it. I mean, uh, 440 tip-offs on, uh, on Saturdays and Sundays here. So you got all day to kind of build up and get ready. And then they take you right to, uh, right to your pillow at night, man. It's going to be awesome. Really good, man. Great yeah. weekend. Yeah, well, we will be watching. We're sure you guys will be watching. Thank you, as always, for listening to Baldy's Breakdowns. Again, you can find us through the week at Jason Lockin 4 and at Baldy NFL on Twitter. Nobody has the X's and O's broken down in a way that the average fan and the hardcore fan can both appreciate. Uh, Baldy's got you covered on uh, on that stuff. Please check out his Twitter feed. 
rate, review, subscribe, all the above to us here at Baldy's Breakdowns, wherever you get your podcast goodness. And please join us again next week when we get rocking and rolling with the championship games. Thanks for listening and enjoy the games, everybody. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus